You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. This is Jerry Prokopovich with Civil War Talk Radio. The Confederate frontal assaults at the Battle of Franklin on November 30, 1864, produced a crop of casualties that was shocking even by Civil War standards. One result of these horrifying losses was a remarkable military cemetery on the site of Carnton Plantation, and an even more remarkable imaginative novel about the woman who tended that cemetery for many years. That novel is a book called The Widow of the South, and its author is Robert Hicks, our guest today. Join us for a conversation with Robert Hicks on Civil War Talk Radio. Writers Wanted. At the 6th Annual La Jolla Writers Conference, October 20 through 22, 2006, where New York Times best-selling authors, editors, agents, publicists, screenwriters, and poets will help you find your voice and perfect your craft. Get feedback on your work from New York Times bestsellers James Gripondo, Linda Leo Miller, Steve Berry, Margaret Weiss, Catherine Ryan Hyde, and a host of other outstanding authors. Participate in read and critique classes with renowned literary agents and editors and know that you can later submit to them on a first-name basis. Hone your screenwriting skills with Alan Russell and Warren Lewis, the writer of Black Rain, The 13th Warrior, and other movies, and find out what it takes to get your small press book on the shelves of Barnes & Noble with Marcella Smith of their New York office and Jan Nathanson of PMA. Whether you write fiction or nonfiction, whether you're looking to jumpstart your writing career or simply hone your craft, join the unique writing community of the La Jolla Writers Conference October 20th through 22nd. For more information, check us out at LaJollaWritersConference.com or call 858-467-1978. The La Jolla Writers Conference, turning writers into authors and authors into bestsellers. Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. To reach a show host or guest during a live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Jerry Prokopovich, coming to you from the campus of East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina, on a beautiful autumn day in the fall of 2006. But, as always, not speaking on behalf of the university or the history department or any of my colleagues, some of uh, whom, with some of whom I disagree violently and vice versa. So, uh, purely speaking for myself, not even for World Talk Radio, Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. Uh, a couple housekeeping items before we get started. First, the ever-present reminder that your contributions are always welcome to help support the show and my endless desire to buy more books about the Civil War. Secondly, good news is that the archives are back. 
they were missing for a few weeks here in the autumn of 2006, but they've been restored thanks to the wizards of the computer at World Talk Radio, and I appreciate all that they do for the show, and especially in getting the archived shows back up so you can listen to all the episodes of this show in the past and hear uh, anyone who has been on since the beginning in late 2004. And a final announcement. Uh, I am currently working myself on a book scheduled to be published uh, late 2007, perhaps early 2008, on the subject of Abraham Lincoln with the title, Did Lincoln Own Slaves? The book is a collection of questions and answers based on the hundreds, thousands of questions that I heard in my uh, nine years at Fort Wayne, Indiana's Lincoln Museum, where visitors learned about Abraham Lincoln and often asked the staff questions, some of them very uh, interesting and perceptive, some of them uh, perhaps a bit ridiculous, but all of them worthwhile and often different from the kinds of questions that academic historians might be interested in pursuing. And I thought it worthwhile to examine the difference between what the public wants to know and what the academy wants to talk about. So in this book, uh, Did Lincoln Own Slaves?, I address these kinds of questions, and I'd like to invite the listeners of Civil War Talk Radio, if you have questions about Abraham Lincoln that have been on your mind or that you think are important, ones perhaps you already know the answers to even, but ones that you think ought to be addressed in such a book, feel free to email them to me. The address is on the website. And I'd be happy to look at them and consider them. And uh, who knows, they could well end up in the book. If you're listening to this archived show anytime after late autumn, early winter 2007, I'm sorry, 2006, it'll be too late. The book will be already in the hands of the publisher. But if you get this in October, November, 2006, go ahead and send your Lincoln questions to me, Jerry Prokopovich, at prokopovichg at ecu.edu, and I'll be happy to consider them for the book. But enough about that book, which is a future book. Today we turn to a book already in existence, uh, a very uh, interesting and remarkable book called The Widow of the South by Robert Hicks. And uh, if all is well with the connection, we have Mr. Hicks with us right now. Uh, I'm right here. Excellent. Uh, we, Robert, you and I have not uh, met, so I should call you Mr. Hicks unless you... Uh, you can gladly call me Robert, if I can, if I can call you Jerry. Please do. Uh, that's my ace in the hole, is making people pronounce Prokopovich. Much easier to say Jerry and uh, Robert it is then. Well, Robert, I have been doing the show for several years. only had one novelist on, uh, Jeff Shara, who's written some historic novels you're probably familiar with. Right. And I personally don't read novels very often. Just right. the demands of, of work don't leave time for that. But yours is an exception, and it's quite an extraordinary book. Uh, I'm let me start by asking you a little bit about yourself. Uh, uh, I gather from the dust jacket that, that you have a day job besides novel writing. I do have a day, a day job. Actually, I'm head of, a, of an entertainment company in Nashville. It has three divisions. We do artist management. We do uh, uh, music publishing. And we also have a, a film division. We're, we're, we've finished our first feature film and. In October, we have two uh, parts of our company that will be making uh, two more feature films. So what um, what are these films? 
You know, I mean, they're 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 not necessarily with any kind of bent. In fact, there's no Civil War bent. If my book is ever made into film, it will not be by uh, Amelie's Entertainment. But but uh, there, uh, the first is a, a mystery. I'll just say real quickly: uh, it, we we have international distribution by ArcLight. And the reason is that a first-time film company, literally our first film, would would have that. Is that the unique thing about this film is that it's in one. Uh, one shot, and uh, we we did four takes to get there, but it's the longest one-shot movie ever made in this country. It's uh, about 90 minutes, but as opposed to the longest ever made in the world, Russian Ark, which where you have like a scene where there's a camera on a tripod for 20-something minutes in front of a door while three people talk. Um, this film is in and out of cars, in and out of buildings, all over. Um, it's a it's a mystery, and uh, you know it, it, I think you'll be hearing quite a bit about it. It's called Adrenaline, and uh, and so that was our first film, and and now uh, I've got film crews uh, starting on two more films right now here in Nashville. Well, you know, we, we I did once have uh, filmmakers on this program, and by coincidence, they had just done a documentary on the Battle of Franklin. Um, uh, Rob Hodge and Sean. Rob was involved. Yes, you know him. And uh, Rob stays at my house every time he's he and Ed Bars both kind of call my uh, 1795 log cabin home within the Franklin area. Wow. Well, well, Rob and and Ed have both been on the show, and uh, it, it's a small Civil War world. Ultimately, we all it is. It is. Get to know each other. Well, now let me ask about the music angle too. I'm just curious uh, uh, before getting to your book, what sort of music does your uh, company? Well, we our company specifically now does country. I myself have have worked for everyone from. Uh, from rock, independent rock acts, mainstream rock acts to to uh, to country. To my my great interest are singer songwriters, uh-huh. um, people who can write their own music. I've been having guitar pulls, that's P U L L S, because my accent is such, um, at my farm for 20 years. I've had everyone from Keith Richards and Mary Chapin Carpenter to house painters and waitresses. And uh, and that kind of mix of bringing, you know, men and women together who who like to create music, and uh, we've had some really wonderful, um, glorious um, evening either around in my council circle around the the, the fire or, or in my house itself in the winter time. Um, so I'm I, I'm a passionate I'm passionate about music. You know, I was looking on the the web for illustrations of the Carnton Plantation at Franklin, which we'll we'll talk about in a minute. And I came across just through the randomness of Google some photos from the Nashville Old Time Music uh, Group, people who play the the traditional uh, right, right, uh, which is that that's my kind of music. I I can scratch out a tune on the fiddle, uh, but I can't write my own. I can only play other. The old time. Uh, I've had some great, great uh, um, bluegrass people at my house. Uh, Bill Monroe counts. Uh, so you know, we I I love bluegrass music. I'm I'm passionate about it. Well, that that is is wonderful. Well, it sounds like you're also passionate about this uh, about Franklin and what happened there. It, how did you get interested in in the Civil War? Was it through this particular battle? Right. Well, you know what? The best way to say it is that my 
grandfather was 51 when he married. My father was 46. My, my, uh, even though I'm a child of the 60s, my, my grandfather was born, was a child of the 60s too. He was born the year before the war in West Tennessee. And, and when he was, when my father was growing up in the early 20th century, his father would have him out there and they would be going through the, the land. And my grandfather would say, you see that cotton field over there? That's where Grant's army came and would describing it. And when I was growing up, in the 1960s, my dad would say, you see that shopping mall over there? That's where Grant's army came. So it was always with us. There was always that sense that uh, my family had had served, uh, all all through my family, people had served in, 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 the, in the Confederacy, in our case. So I grew up with it. But like a lot of things, I left it. I moved to Franklin because I wanted to be near Nashville. I was going to be in the music business. And I moved in 1974. I became intrigued by this this old house that sat out there. It was pretty much a house in the middle of a field, uh, fairly neglected. But behind it, in the backyard, was literally the the largest private Confederate cemetery in America, one of the largest private military cemeteries in America. And I, I wanted to know the story. And when the house was given by its last absentee landlord, to a, a foundation, my fellow board members uh, on the whole weren't interested in the story. I'd ask them about it, and they'd go, well, we're not, we just want a pretty house. And I wanted to know what happened, why. And there were many, many differing accounts. And so I began to, to really study the Battle of Franklin. And when I became so, so caught up in it, I realized there were over 40 accounts out and yet, if, if most people in America don't know about the Battle of Franklin, it's all right, because most people in Franklin didn't know about the Battle of Franklin. Even though some of the accounts were as recent as within weeks of the battle to wonderful works like Wiley Swords and Brace and Angry Wind or James Lee McDonough and Thomas Conley's uh, wonderful Five Tragic Hours are now the best of all of them, Eric Jacobson's new book, which I've lost its title in my mind, uh, that he's just put out in the last couple of months um, you know they're wonderful accounts but in fact the reality most everyone in America knew nothing about these five bloodiest hours of the Civil War so this becomes a story that, that you wanted to to preserve or to to find out more about I guess initially absolutely absolutely I, I I'm ten years ago just real quick as quick as I can do I'm Wait, we have plenty of time to Huh? But well, we have ample time. It's a nice thing about okay. this show. So, uh, ten, ten, ten years ago, I'm driving down, um, I'm driving down Poplar Avenue, the old historic thoroughfare in, in Memphis, Tennessee, and I look ahead. I'm with a young Belgian nobleman, and I look ahead, and three cars ahead is Shelby Foot, and I, he's in a convertible, being driven. And I, I turned to my friend and I said, three cars ahead is Shelby Foote, the great narrator of the Civil War. And my friend says, which one is he? And I said, the one that's not 16. And I said, there's a light up ahead. It's a long light. I'm going to jump out of my car. I'm going to go meet him. I want to meet this man. There's a question I have for him, if he'll let me ask me. So I jumped out of the car at this light. I ran up to the car. I introduced myself. I told him how much I loved the trilogy, how much I, I respected what he had done. And the only way I can describe the look on his face was that of an assassination attempt. <laughs> Finally, Mr. Foote interrupts me. He said, Mr. Hicks, 
I'm not accustomed to being accosted while sitting in my automobile. <laughs> so, so I did what I do when things aren't going well. I just kept talking. And eventually, for whatever reason, he interrupted me and said, Mr. Hicks, if you would please, please go back and get in your automobile. You can follow me to our house and we'll drink brown whiskey and we'll tell lies. <laughs> and so one of the great, great evenings of my life took place. And it, I tell you that because that was the night, Jerry, that I decided to ask someone what they thought about me writing a fictional account. And I, I had my argument as to why a fictional account may, in fact, be a, a better route to go. And lo and behold, Shelby Foote was with me. He, he began to tell me that he no longer wanted to be known as a historian. He wanted to be known as a scribe. He and no longer wanted to be known as a scribe. He wanted to be a storyteller. He, he, he said at one point, he said, it, it's, it's through storytelling, it's through fiction that we remember he said, it's the fact. He said, my fellow historians hate it. But that's the fact. He, as the brown whiskey flowed, he said, eventually, you know, remember, Mr. Hicks, the most important figures to come out of the campaigns in Atlanta will forever be written solid. And at last note, neither one of them lived. And then as he went on, he, he found this great, um, this, this great quote by Douglas Southall Freeman, which said, basically, the Civil War was not won or lost on a battlefield. It didn't end at Appomattox. The Civil War uh, ended in, on a cold December night in 1938 when an elderly Spencer Skye of a great abolitionist family sat in New Hampshire by the fire reading Gone with the Wind. And at that moment, she screamed out, Damn Yankees, damn Yankees. And, and Douglas Southall Freeman said the war was over and the South had won. Well, there... And, I, there's a lot to that, I think. The, uh, uh, the idea of the Southern victory in the, the memory of the war, which is certainly a hot topic among historians. Well, uh, you know, I, I think for me, I wanted the story out there. And, and then I'll let everyone ex write books like The 99 Things Wrong with the Wood of the South and explain what really happened. But... Well, what we're going to do now is take a short break. I hear the theme music welling up behind us. So we'll take a short break. We'll right. come back and we'll talk about uh, this remarkable story of what happened at Franklin and at Carnton Plantation and uh, about your telling of it, which, which uh, our listeners want to hear about. So we'll be back in just a moment with our guest, Robert Hicks, on Civil War Talk Radio. 